Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everyone, I'm a Comey. Hey everybody, this is Turk Money Two. How you doing, bud? Um, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. All right. Uh, so, uh, so um, you want to hear a joke? We still do that on this podcast, right? Um, we tell jokes. No, I, I think the title is the joke. There, like, these, <laughs> these guys aren't funny. Like, nothing is saying is funny. Uh, they're not even trying anymore. I mean, but I, here's, here's the thing: we actually really are trying. That's <laughs> <laughs> a sad thing. <laughs> That's the sad thing. So, uh, yes, tell me a joke, please. Okay, so uh, so I went uh, went to the bar, right? Um, you know, went to the bar, just needed to unwind a bit after the weekend. It had been really, or after the week, you know, it had been a really hard work week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I went and I saw a guy, uh, sitting at the bar and he looked really, really depressed and he had a big orange head. A big orange head? Yeah. Yeah. His head was like twice the size of a normal man's and it was just bright orange. Bright orange. So, you know, he, he looked really, really depressed about all this. So, mm. uh, so I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, you know, what? what's your story? What's the deal? Um, yeah, I couldn't help but notice your condition. I'm, I'm really curious as to uh, the series of events that led up to this. So he said, oh, I'll tell you my story. I'll tell you my story. So uh, I, he said that, you know, oh, I was down on my luck. Uh, I, I'd lost everything. You know, my... My car wouldn't start. I'd lost my job. My wife left me. My dog ran away. I uh, just, I had nothing. You know, like in the span of a week, I lost everything that could have possibly been held to my name. And uh, so I was taking a walk down the beach and was just kind of, kind of really debating with myself if I should just walk into the ocean and end it all. And all of a sudden I, I kicked something that was buried in the sand a little bit and I, I brushed the sand away and it was, it was a lamp. It was it was an old Arabian lamp, so I I rubbed the lamp, and of course, what what should happen? But a genie popped out, and uh, and so the genie said, "All right, uh, I'll I'll give you three wishes. Uh, any any three things your heart desires, I will grant them to you." And uh, I I knew that this this was the real deal. I knew this was the big moment that my life was gonna turn around forever. I I, I had it figured out. So, uh, so of course, the first thing that was really pressing on me at the time was money, because I'd lost my job and all that, and lost my house and my car. I, I knew money was the big thing, so first thing I wished for was uh, I, I wished for money so that I would never have to worry financially again. And uh, so, you know, the genie kind of rolls up his sleeves and cracks his knuckles and claps his hands together, and suddenly my wallet is just full of hundred dollar bills, my bank accounts and my credit cards are all just, just absolute unlimited access to money. I knew that me and my next three, four or five generations of children will never have to worry financially again. It just more money than I could ever imagine what to do with. So, and the genie says, all right, what's your second wish? And so I had to think a little bit and, uh, and I kind of mulled it over and I thought to myself, okay, well, what I really want now that my life is completely changed is I want someone I can share this with. So turn to the genie and say, you know, okay, well, I, I want the, the perfect woman for me. I want my soulmate. I, I want someone who I can just be happy to spend the rest of my life with forever and ever. And, uh, and so, of course, the, the genie snaps his fingers and b- before me appears this beautiful, perfect woman. It was just love at first sight. We just immediately had a connection. Uh, it just, just immediately knew we had everything in common. She was perfect in every way for me. And, you know, we just immediately start, like, making plans for the wedding. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, that, that's how things were sort of shaping out with the, with the genie, of course. And, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all this, right? And I'm like, well, hey, you know, all that sounds like pretty good stuff. That doesn't sound like a bad deal at all. And, you know, it doesn't sound like there's all these, like, clever little loopholes and stuff that genies will typically try to get, get you with. Right. It's like, so, you know, what what was the problem here? Where where did things start going wrong? He goes, oh, well, things started going wrong with my third wish. Um, you know, with my third wish, I wished that I had a big orange head. You know, this, this this story was taking so long. It was meandering. And I was like, I I know this is not going to end in any kind of way that is going to 
that's going to be satisfying at all. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I, I know it's not. I know this is not going to end it's satisfying in any way. And I'm just like, okay. I, I was like, in for a penny. This is... Uh, I, I did that to my sister. And after, after that whole five-minute joke, she just went, God damn it, a Comey and hung up. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. So yeah, so I, I, I heard a uh, a live stream YouTuber named Small Ant who does a lot of Pokemon challenges and stuff tell that joke, and had to sit there through that whole five minute thing, and I was just like, God damn it, that's <laughs> that's five minutes I'm never gonna get back. Well, you know what's even worse is that you've told it now. <laughs> Two times, so it's fifteen minutes. You're never gonna get back. Three, three times because I did it to my mom too. <laughs> so, see, <laughs> so he is just reaping the benefits. See, I never understood. I never understood why someone would do something like create a, a virus and right. put it out there, and then the virus would, you know, like affect people's computers and stuff, and then you know, like ruin them. And it's like, and they like, it's funny. I'm like, yeah, but how can it be funny when you don't know the people, the the, the person that. That you're affecting, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's one thing if I if I if I give put a virus on your computer and then I get to watch you like flip the fuck out, right? Right. But when I don't know them and there's so many people that are that I would never even know they even got the virus. Like, how is that funny to me? It's not. Yep. But now I get it. Right. Now I get it <laughs> with your joke. Now I understand. <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn. Your joke was like a computer virus was put out into the world, <laughs> and, and now I get it. <laughs> so yeah man that was awesome oh Your man i <laughs> i only wish that we had more listeners to the podcast who had to subject themselves to that <laughs> so i think this is a really a, a really good way of getting more listeners to the podcast like, <laughs> it's telling really unfunny shit that goes nowhere for five minutes well in a sense yes for all of you that just listened to this and were like, okay, it's bad enough that we've like lost hours to you once before waiting for you guys to be funny. Now you just, you, you purposefully, I mean, before it was okay because I knew you guys were trying and you weren't trying to actually just like take away our time. But in this case here, you actually purposely stole five minutes of my life. Right? Now take what we've given you and share with somebody else. Take away their five minutes of their life. This is like the ring. Yes, just it's not going it to it's not going to give you your five minutes back, right? <laughs> but at least now you know they will be short five minutes. You will at least get five minutes worth of satisfaction if you pass it on to someone else. There you go. And if you do like me and tell as many people as you possibly can, then like then you start profiting off of it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like it's like herpes. <laughs> Like, I mean, I have herpes and, and, and I don't tell people I have herpes. I just, you know, I just you know, share my herpes with them. And people are like, well, that's, that's wrong. That's, that's evil. It's like, why would you want to do that to somebody? Because eventually everybody will have herpes. And when everyone has herpes, nobody will. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm actually doing a service to everybody. This is what they call like, like, like herd immunity, like sexual herd immunity. <laughs> Okay, so quick, God, I do not have herpes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's too late. You said it on the internet. People are going to believe it now. <laughs> My name is not Kid Rock. Uh, uh, I, however, he's got, he's got a hepatitis, I think. Oh, I, however, do have a big orange head. So it's in my pants. <laughs> I call it this dick. <laughs> so, anyway. Very, very funny. Not really. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Take away someone else's like, you know, five minutes of their life. I think it's only fair. It's only fitting. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, I think it'd be great to do is like set, set it all up as like a joke. And then, um, and then someone goes to do it and it's like, those were my last five minutes to live. And they just fall over. <laughs> There are people, there are absolutely people in my life who, if I knew they had five minutes to live, I would tell them that joke. Just to know that I wasted their last five minutes of life. If I had known this was going to be the last time I talked to Baba, I would have said something else. <laughs> Forrest, why did this have to happen? You got shot. <laughs> Is, that's 
how we make it. That's the actual line from the movie. I know it's an actual line, but it's so good. You just do such a good Forrest Gump impression. I can't do it. <laughs> Thank you. You do much better impressions than I do. <laughs> you even do a better Barack Obama impression. You're not black. Well, I mean, neither is he. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he he, t- he did become president, so. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna be pretty sick of all my stupid impressions by the time we do a few D and D sessions, because all of my NPCs are just gonna be different celebrity voices. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh, that's uh, that was good. <laughs> Yeah, it, that reminds me of the uh, the uh, the joke that uh, that Price told me, the the gloop maker joke. Oh yeah, I remember that, but you can definitely tell it. If no, you I'm, I'm not. That that one that one takes so long, and I mean the payoff thing is great, but it takes so long. And uh, I, I told you, I, I know I've I know I've told it at least on the game bar. I don't know if I ever told it on the podcast, but the one about the the son who was born only ahead. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but... Yeah, so, I mean, like, this is the really, really short version. Because, I mean, obviously you do it like you do the other one. You stretch it out for as long as you possibly can for a non-punchline. Because it's just chaotic evil to do that. Um, But, like, the basic gist is that when he turns 21, his dad carries this head into the bar and gives him a drink. And his body starts growing in. Oh, yeah. Give him more! And he keeps pouring drinks in his mouth and finally has a full developed body, but he's drunk off his ass. And he goes running into the streets and a truck hits him and the bartender goes, he should have quit while he was ahead. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Which, that's more of a punchline than I wished I had a big orange head, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, I like that one. Uh, Another, like, bad joke like that is the... uh... The Freight Knot. Freight Knot, yes. I remember Freight Knot. <laughs> I like Freight Knot. And then and the one that, that I always liked, it's a bad joke. I always liked this one. This is one that Price would tell a lot, which is the um the one where the grandfather's telling his son about the time that he went hunting. Mm-hmm. You know that one? It's not ringing a bell. So the grandfather's uh he's telling his grandson a story about <clears throat> the uh time he went hunting and uh he was hunting and uh like next thing you know, like from out of nowhere, there was this bear, and a bear like attacked me. He goes, and so he started running, and he's he's running, and 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 you know the bear's catching up to him, and he's like, and he's running as fast as he can. And next thing you know, he can feel this hot breath on his neck, and then it's like, and he, what happened to Grandpa? He's like, you know, the bear slipped, and he's like, oh, he's like, so I was running through the woods, and and I was like going in and out of the trees and everything, and before too long, I can feel that hot breath on my neck. He's like. Jeez, Grandpa, he's, what happened? He goes, he goes, well, the bear slipped again. And he goes, and then he's like, and he goes, before too long, I must have made a wrong turn. And, and I found myself at, at the edge of this cliff and there's nowhere else for me to go. And I could feel that hot breath on my neck. And he goes like, jeez, Grandpa, what'd you do? I would have shit. And he goes, what well, do you think the bear kept slipping in, son? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great joke, but I always, I always liked it. That, that does remind me, though, of the guy who went hunting on Sunday. <laughs> What's so, that one? so he goes hunting on Sunday and uh, and he sees a bear and he fires, but his gun misfires and jams. And so the bear just starts trundling up to him and just just pounding at, at him. And so he like in desperation, a last minute desperation, he like prays and he goes, God, please help me out of this somehow. And time stops and the bear's like looming over him, just about to pounce on him. And God comes down from heaven and says, you're hunting on a Sunday. You haven't you haven't been in church in something close to seventeen years. You, you've never had any respect for me or or what I've done for you as your creator. Tell me why should I give you this chance for a deathbed confession? He's like, I, I really don't have any reason. He's like, I really don't deserve it. He's like, exactly, you don't deserve it. He says, well, I mean, can't, can't there be something here, God? Can't you do something to get me out of this? Can you can you give give me at least some kind of request here? God's like, okay, I mean, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give me something here. It's gonna have to be pretty convincing. He says, well, okay, if, if you're not gonna allow me this last minute opportunity to become a follower of yours, could you make the bear a follower of yours? God says, okay, that seems pretty reasonable. So he snaps his finger, time comes back in, the bear runs up to the guy and he stops and he goes, thank you, Lord, for this food that I'm about to eat. And he just <laughs> goes right into him. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I've been hearing since I was like nine or ten. <laughs> so, so, neither of us really listen to much country music. 
Right. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I will. Uh, lately, I've, I've listened to a little more country music than normal hmm. because um, just because of the uh, uh, Johnny Cash American recordings. Right, right. And uh, Johnny Cash is good. Yeah, I, I like mean, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Well, but the American recordings are awesome. Um, but th- in those that he's doing covers of songs like uh, Nine Inch Nails Hurt right, and stuff right. like that. So, but I do love uh, um, his uh, his song When the Man Comes Around. That's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why I like songs like Delia. Delia is a good song. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like me listening to Hey Joe. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Other than that, then no, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not listening to any Boot Scoot Boogie and that shit <laughs> like that. I mean, I'll I mean, I'll listen to a little bit of Charlie Daniels or Alabama if I'm like if I hear it playing, I'll listen to it. Okay, but uh, you know, I will I'm, actively I'm, avoid it. <laughs> I'm I'm not really a big fan, but uh, but there's there's like more modern country songs just really piss me right off. And you know, I live and work in an area where country music is very popular, so a lot of the places that I'll go to fix people's printers, they'll have country music playing on their radio or whatever. And of course, I'm I'm stuck up to my ass in a printer, so I can't, I can't just leave or wait for the song to be done or whatever, so I just have to listen to it. I am a lineman for the county, <laughs> and I never had that recipe again. Well, sorry, <laughs> the, the song that I came across was, was more annoying than that to me, and it occurred to me as I was listening to it, here, here is a 31-year-old man, it occurred to me listening to it that, like... <clears throat> This song has pissed me off ever since I was hearing it as a kid. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for this one. Yeah, and so it it's called Cleaning This Gun. Cleaning This Gun? Have you ever heard this song? Is this a real song? This is a real-ass song. You're fucking with me, man. On God, this is a real-ass song. You're an anarchist. That doesn't mean I don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> I believe God gave us our freedom to be anarchists. <laughs> so, yes, hand to God, this is a real, true song cleaning this gun and it's all about this young man going to take a take a girl on a date she brings him in to meet her father and he says well you guys go out have fun i'll be here up all night cleaning my gun so it's basically just this threat saying if if you do anything with my daughter i'm gonna shoot you so it's not a euphemism. It's not a euphemism. Okay. He's, he's literally just sitting there all night cleaning this gun. And it's some shit like, oh, come on in, boys. Sit on down. Tell me about yourself. Say so you like my daughter, do you? Yeah, we think she's something else. And I don't even know what the rest of this shit is. But then it ends with like, I'll see you when you get back. Probably be up all night just cleaning this gun. And so it's nothing but a fucking threat. Right. And so just like, it, it just occurred to me in this moment, just like... You know, the, that, that moment when the truth dawns on the person in the movie and they drop the coffee cup and it clatters to the ground and breaks. Why, why are you making fun of Usual Suspects? I, I love Usual Suspects. I'm just saying that, that was like the, the level of impact that this moment had okay. on me. Where it was like, holy shit, that's why I was such an angry child. Is that dumbasses in my town would play this shit on full blast going, it's such a good song. Man, when my daughter, daughter starts dating, I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing this song to them. <laughs> It just pisses me off so much that it's like, don't fucking threaten me, right, I mean, you toothless hillbilly. I, I'm, I'm not gonna just do what you say because you threatened to shoot me. Fuck you. I mean, when, when, when all actuality, they're gonna talk tough like that. But like, yeah, when my daughter comes, it's gonna be just like that. In all actuality, what would actually happen would be they'd be like, all right, boy, I don't care if you fuck her, whatever. Just don't be better than me because I don't need that kind of competition. Right? <laughs> How dare you be smart? I mean, shit. That that's that's pretty much all the issues I had with my stepdad is that he couldn't function on a higher than fifth grade level, so he hated that his kids were smart. So <laughs> I, I love. Well, I don't love, but I just think it's funny when people's like, uh. Were you some kind of smart ass? And I was like, well, um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you've been, you've been telling me about like going to school, like, you know, I was like, go to school, get an education, get smart. Be like, and then when I do get smart and I use my smarts and you're like, oh, so you want to be a smart ass. I'm like, well, I can't win here. Can I? Can don't, I? don't get smart with me, boy. And, and it's like, it's a really hard thing to fake with any degree of success. Either you're smart or you're not. <laughs> you can, you can think that you're smart, but everybody sees through and it's like, yeah, this guy's an idiot. Exactly. M- much like my coworker that I've told you about. It's like, he's not fooling anybody. We all know that he's basically just the Oklahoma City bomber here. So, so yeah, it's just like, it just pisses me off so much that it's like, 
Why is your immediate go-to thing that, like, I, I don't, I, I want you to do something, and so I'm gonna threaten you to, to ensure that I'm gonna do it. Right. It's like, well, first of all, fuck you, because I'm not just gonna react well to being threatened, because I'm an anarchist. It's like, that, that kind of shit is exactly why I'm an anarchist. No, <laughs> you can't just threaten me and expect me to do that. Piss right off. <laughs> So you've got You're that. You're just me getting heated. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got that, but then it's like, okay, well, first of all, you're assuming that I'm going to want to fuck your daughter on the first date. You don't know me at all. Second of all, you're assuming that your daughter's not going to want to fuck on the first date. Maybe she's the problem here, Jethro. It could be. I mean, hey, I I got something that may come as a shock to you, but your daughter could suck the chrome off a trailer hitch, and I'm probably not going to be her first. And the other part of it is like, the only reason I'm going out with your daughter is because she's supposed to fuck on the first date. I mean, let's be honest here. I'm not saying she's not a nice girl. I'm not even saying that she's not good looking, right? But there's a lot of nice girls that are good looking that would take time. And I don't really, I don't really feel a, like investing in that. I'm a busy man. Right. The, the whole thing that piqued my interest at the beginning is that she's DTF. Right. The, the whole, the great part about her fucking on the first date is that there's no strings attached. She knows, I know, <laughs> as opposed to me having to court somebody, get them to think I love them or like them, and that we're going to be together for a while. And the other thing is, plus, she's experienced. You know, <laughs> the last thing I want is some chick that's only giving it up a handful of times, and then, like, it's the, it's not good, and I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. She knows she's doing it, so I've heard. So, hell yeah. <laughs> I've at least got to see if the rumors are true. I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna tell you now, right now. If it's really good, when when, it, when I get back here, I'm gonna shake your hand, and be like, "You did a fine job, sir." <laughs> but yeah, and, and so then it's like this whole thing where it's like, well, you know, I I wasn't gonna, but now that you've decided to be a prick about it, now I kind of feel like I have to on principle. Yeah, where it's like, you know, e- even if it had been something of just having the decency of saying, you know, oh, hey, you know, not not that I'm accusing you here, but I expect you to, you know be respectful of my daughter and be a gentleman on the first date, that would be different than like, well, I'm going to shoot you, boy. <laughs> like, well, okay, well. I take pleasure in gutting you, boy. <laughs> I mean, I had every intention of being a, a, a perfect gentleman here, but since you're going to be a petty little bitch and try to threaten me, now I'm just going to stuff her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Come what may. <laughs> That'll be me. <laughs> And then as I, as I, as I like put my arm around her and shut the, and we're like walking out to the car and I should pull the door. So I'll be like, to the windows, to the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, just a little thing here. The reason I bought this car, you can hose out the inside. It's <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason for the leather interior. <laughs> Hope you don't mind that I got a child safety lock on my passenger door. I always use that on the first day. <laughs> Not that it's a thread. It's just the implication. Right. <laughs> not, not that I think I'll have to use it. I mean, I have every reason to believe that your daughter is just is going to put out the way I expect her to. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, sir, there is no doubt in my mind that I'm going to leave here, leave this evening satisfied. <laughs> not a doubt at all. Because, <laughs> you know, on top of everything else, you know, I think that you of all people had taught your daughter the right way to take care of someone, you know, on a date. And so she knows exactly how to make a man happy. <laughs> and am, I, am I right or am I right? <laughs> I mean, just like the whole first impressions thing. It's like, and you always hear these stories about like, about stepdads, like, oh, he made a terrible first impression. He wore cargo shirts and ca- cargo shorts and a ghost t-shirt on his on his first date. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you made a bad impression by threatening to shoot him with a gun. You're right. You you dumb cock. What, 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 what else am I supposed to shoot him with? <laughs> a crossbow? What, well, maybe not shoot him at all. Well, that don't sound right. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Fred. Fred, okay. Look, look, listen here. She said that maybe I shouldn't shoot him if he didn't do... No, I didn't think that sounded right either. <laughs> all right. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we got to repair this twine in between these tin cans here. It's starting to get a little afraid. I was having trouble <laughs> hearing what you were saying. No, no, can't, all right. Can't hear you talking long distance. No, right. yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know that you guys were 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 in the middle of getting it on. All right. Now I'll talk to you later, brother. Tell mom I said hi. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but yeah, like. 
that, that, that was considered, like, a great song in my town growing up. And I hated it. Oh, yeah, I can see why you would hate that. That does, that sounds like a miserable song. I hated it. <laughs> oh, I hated it. And I just, I couldn't articulate that it's like, this is why I hate it until, like, I had to go through the trauma of re-listening to it while uh-huh. also having to do my day job. And see, now you know how I feel about that whole, uh, you know, um, that went down to Georgia thing. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's, that. that's just a matter of justice, you know? Right. That's, you know, that, I can't stand that song, man. And it's just bullshit. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I'm going to make a big advocate for Satan at all. Really. <laughs> You're just saying that you've got a little bit of sympathy for the devil. A little bit, yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, he is I, a man of wealth and taste. Right. And I use, I have all my well-learned politics, you know? <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't think if I've had songs that I, That are, that are really affected me that I've hated. I mean, like, there's songs I don't like. When we talk about, you know, there's songs that you don't like. Right, But right. I don't know if there's one that I can think of that I'm like, okay, I absolutely hate that song because of X. Yeah. And, yeah. like, to, to the same degree that, that you that you have. Like, I <laughs> I can't think of anything just offhand where I'm like, yep, that's the one. That's the motherfucker I, right there. I think all the ones that set me off like that are country songs, really. And it's all because I, I lived in a town where that was just the hottest shit. The country music? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if we ever do the top ten, I guarantee at least half of those will be country songs. Probably more. Well, that makes sense. Because, God, it is just such garbage. <laughs> I did not realize that you hated country music that much. Well, like I said, certain country things, like, I think the Eagles, like, a lot of what they do outside of Hotel California is, like, would be considered country music. You think so? If you, like, listen to Lying Eyes and tell me it's not a country song. Okay, Lying Eyes does sound kind of country. Yeah, that's super um, country to me. And, uh... That, that one, you gotta eat your lunch all by yourself. God, that song. That sounds fairly country to me. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one too. So, I mean, maybe it's just specifically the ones I've heard, but... <laughs> and Desperado. Desperado, yeah, that's extremely country. And so, Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to them, I'll listen to some Charlie Daniels, I'll even listen to some Car- Kenny Rogers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the gambler. That's that's a great song. Oh, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold yeah. them, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Coward of the County. That's a great song. Wow, <laughs> all these songs I haven't thought of, and I don't know how long. Uh, the only thing from Alabama I really listen to is Jukebox in my mind, but mostly because it's cheesy as all fuck. I don't know that one. Oh God, it's cheesy as all fuck. <laughs> in the corner of my mind stands a jukebox. It's it's exactly what you would expect it to be. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's um uh I was gonna say the uh I do listen to was it the Statler Brothers? Uh Yeah uh, Flowers <laughs> on the Wall. But that's that's because of Quentin Tarantino, yeah. but that's the only reason why. That's that's the only reason why I even listen to that song. It's like that's all Quentin right oh, there. Oh yeah, that's a great song. I like that one. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> Which is funny because like there's so many songs that I listen to that I like that are because of Tarantino yeah. because of his soundtracks and I'm like I've never listened to a song before I'm like okay <laughs> but yeah like uh yeah he's got great taste he does music. I, I really like it when um when an artist like puts together like a uh, like the music for for their movie is um like they 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 handpicked and I like guess you say like cultivate the movie music right. for the movie like this right, is, right. this is what I want on this soundtrack and I think um. Uh, I think James Gunn's like that as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. and of course, uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. And so, yeah. you can tell because, like, in, in, in the movie, it actually, like, uh, in the screenplay, it'll be like, hey, um, like, this song is playing. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of country singers and country songs that I'll enjoy just fine, just like Johnny Cash. But it's just, there's just a certain era. It's like after the mid to late 90s. And you start getting into shit like Achy Breaky Heart yes. and stuff like that. And it just, like, tanked. And and now it's, you know, it's not something that's coming from, like, like the, the bluegrass roots where you get, like, bluegrass stuff where it's, like, th- these are songs that are hundreds of years old and have, like, a lot of tradition. And it's kind of, like, carrying down oral folk tales. And it doesn't really have, like, the western roots where it's, like, stuff that has its, its origins in, like... The, the cowboys of the Old West. Instead, you just get, like, this is just suck rock for people who can't play real rock. 
Right. Now, who want to sing with a twang? It, it, it's it's pop country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, country punk or whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say, which is not. Um, I'm not gonna say that's all Taylor Swift's fault. She but, certainly didn't help. Right, but but I think she be she really kind of pushed it and kind of like I guess promoted that that uh, that style of music. Because I have heard some, uh, like at a gas station, and and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this doesn't. It's, it's country, obviously, but it doesn't sound like country. This is not a country music that I'm familiar with. I'm like, why does it sound so poppy? I'm like, and then and then I'm thinking like, so what separates this from regular pop music? Yeah, the twang. The, the twang. I the mean, twang. yeah. Because because like your your topics are not what I would consider, or your the lyrics are not considered country lyrics. They're just lyrics, but with a twang. So you say this is country music. Although the ones that like actually try really hard to be country are even worse, like "Better in Boots." That's that's like a shitty ass song. What is it? "Better in Boots." Uh, I guess they're saying that uh, this is better when I'm wearing my boots. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. But all he does is he literally steals the tune from the Zac Brown band with "Sweet Annie," which is another good country song. Mm-hmm. I think "Sweet Annie's a, a really pretty song. I don't know "Sweet Annie." It's it's great. It's it's very similar to his song uh, "Ramblin' Man." But um, he he actually wrote it because one of his band members was getting married, so okay. he wrote that song as a tribute to them, and it's a very pretty song. Sweet Annie, yeah, okay, because that kind of sounds like he wants to fuck Annie, and like <laughs> like you know, I will, well, I, mean, I, will, I won't ruin your marriage. So if you want to give it up to me now, <laughs> Sweet Annie, then well, he's more singing it from like the perspective of the band member getting married. So it's stuff of like you know, this this is my this you are the person I want to settle down with. Beth, like, I hear you call it. <laughs> All right, so. Damn, Beth is a good song. I do. I don't really care for it. I don't like ballads. Really? Uh, I don't. See, I, I, I've got a soft spot for ballads. I do. I, do. I mean, like, they, they, Blind I Faith like, by Warrant. I, I dig that song. Oh, God, I don't think I have any song by Warrant. Right? <laughs> I, I you don't tol- like Cherry Pie? I tolerate Cherry Pie. Cherry Pie yeah. is the reason the leader of the band died, man. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's the theory I hear. I hear that he killed himself because he hated that song. Uh <laughs> But I mean, I know I don't uh, like cherry pie's not uh, not really doing it for me. See, Akomi's big secret is that he's kind of a softie at heart. So I, I actually do have a thing for like power ballads. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, when I say I don't like ballads, um, as you know, I'm a huge Chicago fan. Yep, yep. so I do. Like, and, and Chicago's kind of known for some ballads. Inspiration and... is one of my favorite love songs of all time. Well, yeah, okay, um, I do like. I, 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 well, I like Chicago, so yeah. Obviously, I like Saturday <laughs> in the Park and 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 stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so I, they, they, but they get a pass for me though. I mean, <laughs> plus, I mean, they, they got like a, like a full like horn and rhythm section, man. Chicago oh, yeah. is, is awesome. Chicago's the shit. And like and like, uh, haven't seen them like you know like perform a concert. They they're pretty badass. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they do have some songs that you know, obviously, are just. Oh wait, you like Journey? They do a lot of ballady stuff. Yeah, which I didn't really, I didn't really fully, uh, I guess, understand until we saw them in concert. I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's just like... a lot of ballads here. <laughs> a lot of ballads. It's like they they opened up with uh, with separate ways, and then it was like like an hour and a half of ballads, but it was beautiful. It was yeah. a great concert. So, yeah, you know, I I hate to admit it, I. Fucking hate to admit it. I hate to admit this. I really do. I really do. But I've actually. Oh God, I don't want to admit this. Oh, I have actually started to not immediately turn away, and will listen to, um, listen to um, some Fleetwood Mac. Nice. I really like the Rumors album. Now I'm not listening to albums. Like a song comes on, I listen. To it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean the band has a really sordid history, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of dig Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, the things I think if I if I know about their whole back and forth, and I'm dating who, I'm fucking this person, I'm doing this, and we're cheating on this, and then blah blah blah, and then we're breaking up, and this song's about our breakup and how they're. I yeah, if I knew all of that stuff, you know. The ins and outs of it, I don't think I would enjoy the music as much. Probably so, not. So just listening to a song here and there is is fine. Yeah, yeah. That guy kind of looks like Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's Henry Silva. Uh-huh. <laughs> who, who normally plays like a like an Italian gangster. He was like the main gangster um and uh, and Ghost Dog. Okay, okay. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know the full spectrum of the band's history. I just know that like there was a certain point where they were both uh, like both what? What's her name? Shit. Why? Why am I blanking on her name? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I don't know why I lost her name. Uh, I know that, like, Stevie Nicks and her husband had both, like, wound up cheating on each other, and so she caught him and was mad at him in spite of doing the same exact shit. So, basically, like, there was one entire album, which might have been Rumors, where it was basically her singing about what an asshole he was, and she made him play guitar on all those songs. <laughs> so. I remember uh, reading something, um, and, uh, was it, uh, uh, Cantrell, what's his name? Um, Cantrell. Oh, crap. Uh, the, uh, it was a guitarist for Alice in Chains. Um, oh, um, shit. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, um, Jerry, Jerry Cantrell? That sounds right. Uh, anyway, he was talking about the, like, when, uh, when everything was going on and, um, yeah, oh, shit. Uh, see, I hate it when I'm, when I, I'm, like, drawing a blank on stuff. Yeah. But, um, yep. uh, uh, like, you know the the lead singer was he you know, had his his heroin addiction and uh, like when he he was writing songs and he was writing songs about how he was you know addicted to heroin and how he wished he could like stop being addicted to heroin and uh, and how it was basically like alienating his friends right. and Jerry was writing songs about how like his friend was addicted to heroin and how he wished he could get <laughs> so they were writing they were both writing the same kind of songs but from the different perspective. Um, <laughs> And so uh, it was. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which, when you listen to those songs, you can like in some of those songs, you can really hear a lot of pain in that. Um, uh, in those in those songs, like it's like wow. It, it's always really interesting. That's one reason why I like listening to like the actual original blues singers because like they they put so much emotion into what they do. And we've talked about that with with Scott Weiland too. Yep. That like he he is a soul singer. He has got a lot of emotion in his singing. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that makes music so great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is especially when you you have certain songs and you hear a song. There's a there's a a, a Beck song where like right in the middle of the or next near the end, there's these two guys just talking. He's like. And one of the things I like about music is like, you know, every time you listen to it, you get like a new experience and, and like, you know, depending on where you are and how old you are, like, you know, the lyrics change and take on a different meaning. The other guy's like, I don't like when they change. (laughs) I don't like change. I like when they stay the same way. It's it's just weird, but it's like, but they, 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 sometimes once you, depending on where you are in life or what you learn about a song Mm -hmm. and you hear a song and it'll change. And it takes on a whole new meaning, but you can never get back that original meaning. Yeah. And it's like, and that, that's hard because like, I love that for what it was. Yeah. And, and now I can never have that experience back again. Right. Right. That's exactly it's, why I watch Fight Club so many times. It's, it's the exact same thing that like, as you age, you view it from a different perspective. It's like watching, um, a live performance of the gorilla song dare. Yeah. Like, <laughs> once, once you've done that, that song is ruined for you forever. That's what you do, baby. It's dare. It's Every time he says it, like, I've seen like a couple, I've seen like two or three different live performances, and he says dare, and he's already, he's drinking while on stage, and, and he goes dare, you, th- you expect any man, he's just going to throw up on the audience. It's dare. I'm like, dude. <laughs> like, All of that like, what, the, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you're you're there on tour. I unless did they make you pay for your own airfare and hotel? I mean, you 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 come out there for one song and you just do a little bit and then you're done. Like what, you can't keep it together for that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we we will definitely need to watch one before I go today. <laughs> just, I mean, I hate to ruin it for you, man, but I was like, I, I love Dare. Dare, I mean, Dare it's, is what they're like, what Feel Good Incorporated and all mm-hmm. those things. Like, it's oh, yeah. such a great song. And then like now it's all I can see. <laughs> That's all I can see. see I, I feel like I'll be strong enough to not let it ruin the song for me, but I don't know. You won't be. <laughs> you won't be. Because that's all you'll see is that guy. <laughs> that's what you do, baby. <laughs> And the poor, the poor girl is trying to sing and everything's like, she's, she's doing her part. And then here's this guy and he's like, he's like kind of, he's not really staggering. Like he's like a, of trying to stagger and a swagger. He's like, uh, he's, and, and like, and 
he's just like, and sometimes he's like kind of like hovering around her as if, as if he's like a, like a stray meteor and like he has to be around her to like maintain his, his gravitational pull or else he'll just go floating off forever. And, and I think she feels like I do. Like any minute he's going to throw up everywhere. She's like, I don't want him to do that on me. Like that would be so embarrassing. Everybody's filming this. Like, no. Oh. Spectacular. But, um, spectacular. So I think I told you, and this is going to be so embarrassing too. Um, the other day I was listening to, uh, of course, working on, on, uh, podcasts. And I'm sorry, not podcasts, working on my playlist. Um, and, um, the Rolling Stones, uh, like, Let's Spend the Night Together comes on, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm listening to it. He's like, Let's Spend the Night Together. And then I was listening to it and I was like, I was like, hey, you know, David Bowie has a song called Let's Spend the Night Together too. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, they have the same lyrics. I'm like, oh shit! Like Bowie's a, is like a cover of this. I'm like, and I never realized it before because I never really paid because the it's like the it's like the um the Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones and yeah. the one by by Rob Zombie. Yeah, like they're so different that it's like I didn't immediately put the both put them together. And hey. this one, exp- oh. let's go. <laughs> And, uh, and so I didn't immediately put them together. And then this one, like, I'm, I'm so used to the boy one where in the, in the end, he's like, they said our kind of love was no fun, but our love comes from above. And you hear that, yeah, do it. And I'm like, <laughs> and so when I hear that, I'm like, that's what I always think of. And that's not in the, the Rolling Stones version. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I wasn't putting them together. I'm like, oh, wait, this is the same song. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, oh, now I just feel stupid. <laughs> Uh. Okay. Oh man. So uh so. my mom was over at my house uh not too long ago. Yeah. And I was just flipping through channels and I think we were gonna watch um oh we were watching the new uh the new Disney Plus series uh um Bad Batch. Yeah. yeah. Um the new animated uh clone series from the, the kind of the Clone Wars uh thing. I hear which it's is very good. I, I I am digging it. Um so uh but the, uh, so she was over and I was flipping through channels and then uh, Django and Chain was on <laughs> and just listened to a little bit of it. And of course I wanted to see the, the, uh, the scene where, um, where DiCaprio cuts his hand. Yep. yep. And, uh, but then there was also the, uh, the, the early scene, of course, you know, our favorite when, uh, cause it, <laughs> cause it was flipping through and then we were done with that. And of course it was, uh, because I was like, it was something like Showtime or something. So right, there's right. the East Coast and the West Coast version. And so then it was kind of back to the beginning and got to see the part where they're, um, with Don Johnson's, uh, plantation and, and Django is just like, he goes off and then he's just whipping the shit. That guy is yes. such a, oh, it's such a great scene. I mean, not, not just because like, oh, he's whipping this guy, but it's like the, the, the anger that's in him and the fury. Yeah, and yeah. he's, he's not, he's not cracking a whip either. He's just, just laying it down on him. He's just, just like, just flogging him. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and the, um, um, and the, uh, and then the scene where the guys, they kind of get on the way on a horseback and he shoots him. Yeah. And then the way the blood, like, like sprays across the cotton is such a beautiful shot. That is a great, great shot. And, and the- I love that exchange. It's like, are you sure? Yes. <laughs> positive? Don't know. <laughs> Don't know what. Don't know what positive means. <laughs> it means you're sure. Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> Boom, he shoots. And then later on, you know, when they cut to... I, I like how they it shows them, like, uh, surrounding the... Uh, the, the wagon. Yep. And then it cuts back to them, the whole thing with the mask and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see a goddamn thing in this mask. Oh, it's so, it's so beautiful. Oh, that's such a beautiful scene. He was like, he was like, you're going to lose him. He's getting too far away. And he's like, beautiful shots. It's, it's oh, so yeah. great. It's such a great movie. So, so good. What I, you know, as much as I hate Steven's character. Stephen is the biggest piece of shit in a movie I have ever seen. Stephen's character, Sam Jackson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's he's a real piece of work. <laughs> and I and I I love how he has become so comfortable in his role that he can talk to him in in ways that most people would not be able to talk to him. Yep, yep. Um, but he is such a piece of shit. He is disgusting. 
disgusting. Yeah, he's a very reprehensible character. And and you because he's like you know uh, when when he pulls out the the skull, Candy does pulls out the skull and he starts doing the whole phrenology thing. Yep, and he's talking about all of that and he's like and he served my father, you know, and then and then took care of me, and when he couldn't, then like Stephen started taking care of me, and so you know. You know, he's very familiar with Steven. Steven has, has slowly gotten to the point where, where it's like, um, I built it up to where I can, I can take these kind of liberties. Right, right. right. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it, you know, he's, he's done that. Then you get to the end. And as much as I hate Steven, I then have to kind of commend him a little bit because he throws down the cane, he straightens up and he's not crippled at all. Yeah. And it's all been an act. So he doesn't have to work out in the field. So he doesn't have to do any of that stuff. But he has done all of that. Now, along the way, though, he's also sold people out, which is just such is garbage. But the fact that he he does this whole thing is like, you know, I'm not crippled at all. It's an act. I've been playing them yep. just for my own survival. And <laughs> it's like, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You're still a piece of shit, but that's kind of <laughs> beautiful. Um, You're just a really, really smart piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Django. I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta, I've got to watch Django again from the beginning. It's, oh, yeah. it's such I, a good movie. I just want to go through Tarantino's entire filmography again. Because it's been long enough that like I'll enjoy it all. It's been ages since I've seen Kill Bill. Really? Mm-hmm. God, so that's the one movie that I've watched so many times. Because I think that was my mom's... like. Um, like back back not long ago when um when I still lived with her, like that was the one Tarantino. That was her first Tarantino movie hmm. she'd ever seen. So she still hasn't seen Pulp Fiction. She won't watch. It. And things when I ask her why, she's like, I I'm like, what? There's there's nothing in that that you, that's. I mean, Kill Bill is probably the most violent out of all of his movies. Far away. Far away. Um and but okay, I'm like okay, it's cool, whatever. Um, anyway, it's it's it's. It's kind of funny, but I've seen Kill Bill like one and two so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a, uh, a download. I actually, um, uh, uh, liberated of the unedited, um, House of Blue Leaves fight scene. Nice. Um, and it, and in it, there's, uh, the one of the main differences between a couple of shot, shots is the, uh, the, the little Yakuza boy. Yeah. Like she encounters him early on. And, and like kind of like pushes them away. And so when she fights him again later on, she's like, you know, that's when she whips him with the sword, but she had already had like a, seen him previously. And you can't yeah. see him in certain scenes too. But in like, so then it doesn't go black and white and all that. But, right, right. Um, yeah. Kill Bill was what made me develop quite a crush on Uma Thurman. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what the, did it was realizing that like, oh, she just controls her scenes. She's a she's a total badass. I don't remember what it was that made me like Emma Thurman. Um, I, no, I know exactly what it was. It was um, the Adventure of Baron Munchausen. Hmm. She plays Venus de Milo. Oh, that'll and do she, it. And she shows up in the clamshell. And uh, <laughs> that'll do it. There you go. Is she missing her arms? No. <laughs> uh, and uh, she was also in a movie called Jennifer Eight. Hmm. Um, which I remember, I don't remember it that well. See, was it Lance Henriksen, I think is in it, and Andy Garcia, and I think it's Jennifer A, where she plays the blind girl in it, and I remember liking her, um, in that. Yep, she's, she is a doll. But yeah, yeah, Uma Thurman is is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, um, uh, uh, Tarantino's one of those guys that, you know, I remember... Passing by Reservoir Dogs so many times in the video store and <laughs> never and never like picking it up. It's a great and, one. And just looking at the at the box art where orange and, and white are pointing guns at each other and uh, and never picking it up. And then one day when I finally did like watch it on something, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that's, like, that's this a great is great movie. So, um, you know the scene where Mr. Pink is aiming at Mr. White on the floor. It's mm. it's like it's a pretty iconic shot. It's like a shot from the side. Where Mr. Pink is aiming at Mr. White, uh, where Mr. Pink's on the ground and Mr. White's aiming at him. Oh, well, did I get it backwards? Yeah, that must have been it. Okay. Uh, so Breaking Bad did a tribute of that, and they they had it they, that that's why I got it mixed up because they had it reversed because um, Heisenberg's assistant is Jesse Pinkman, right? 
So there's a scene where he is pointing at him and they recreate that shot position perfectly where he's aiming at Walt on the floor because he's Walter White. So gotcha. it's pink aiming at White. So I thought that was pretty cool. So there's a, and I actually found this, I posted it on uh, Facebook, uh, and I was just, I forget why I was going through stuff. Um, I think I was just trying to find like old, like fake memes and shit that I did. And I, um, came across, uh, one, and I don't know if I, I may have told you about it already, or maybe I even showed it to you, but it was, it's actually that scene in there where they're, um, when they go into the other room, um, and to talk about the, the whole, the whole setup deal or whatever. And, and I don't know what that room is, but behind them on the shelf are some kind of like maybe cleaning solutions or something. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's white, there's one that's pink, and there's one that's orange. And the white and pink one are together on one side, and the orange one is on the opposite side. Huh. So it shows that he's not a part of the gang. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of awesome. That's really good, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I... I... I, I like that kind of stuff. I like it with, like, usual suspects, and you get to see all those hints the second time you watch the movie. Oh, God, I love that. Um, and it, it's 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 mostly where you don't know going into it, and it's such a... And the way it's, it's shot is done so well, where when they leave him alone in the in the office, and he just starts looking around at everything and looking at the board, and when you watch the second time, you realize, okay, he's putting together his story. Right. And and it's so it's so good. <laughs> In uh, as small of a role as it is, John Carlos Pizzuto is so great in that. Oh yeah, he's great in everything. I love him. Uh, well, you say that, but you haven't seen him in some of the Spike Lee movies. That's true. Which he's great in them, but God, is his character an asshole? <laughs> well, I mean, in Breaking Bad, his character is pure evil. He's he's a terrifying, terrifying character. But uh, he just he does it so well. <laughs> right, but, but he's but he's a uh, he's personable. He is personable, but it's personable in a really, really scary way. And he's got one guy who basically, like, killed his lover when he was young, and uh, th- this is more of a thing that happens in, like, Better Call Saul, but, like, that guy winds up having uh, a stroke, and so he's in the hospital. And so John uh, Carlos' character is there in the hospital talking to the nurse. He's like, okay, but, you know, is, is he comatose, or is he still in there? That's what I need you to tell. And she's like, I really don't know. I, I couldn't begin to tell you that. We're going to need more time. He's like, but I need to know that he's still in there. And she's like, it's it's going to take us more time. And then so he's watching him, and the guy who had the stroke, like, reaches his hand up really shakily and, like, slaps his cup off the table. And then he's just, like, watching the nurse as she cleans it up, and, like, that's enough for him to know. He's like, he's still in there. So he just turns to the nurse. He's like, all right, well, bring the doctor in. He brings the doctor in. He's like, I'm, I'm checking him out. She's like, he really needs physical therapy. He's like, no, no, we're going to put him in a home. So when they get him into the nursing home and settled, he sits down across from him. And he's like, you know, when I was a kid, there, I, I spent a lot of years growing up a fruit tree. I can't remember what kind of fruit tree. It wasn't something native to America. And so he's like, and I, I worked really hard and I grew that tree up and I grew all the fruit. And the day before the fruit was ripe, uh, a raccoon came and, and ate all the fruit off the tree. And I was so upset, and I'd worked so hard to get that fruit, and I didn't get to taste it, and so I set a trap for the raccoon. And the next night, the raccoon came back, and it got caught in my trap. And he's like, and you know, I, I had two things that I probably should have done. I could have either let the raccoon go and send it on its way, because there was no more fruit on the tree anyway, or... I could have just killed the raccoon, and then it wouldn't be a threat to me, and it would have been a quick mercy, but I didn't do either of those things. I kept it as a pet, because I wanted to have control over it. And then he just, like, slowly reaches over and puts his hand on his arm, and he goes, Now that you've had your stroke, Victor, you're my pet. And he just gets up and walks out of the nursing home. And so that's all the prequel to Breaking Bad, so, like, the whole series of Breaking Bad, you're like, why the hell is he, like, fucking with this guy so much? And it's like, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Like he, he was just waiting for that moment. So that's that's the moment where you really get to see, wow, his character is just pure evil. I I love that. I, I, I mean, not pure evil, but you know, like we were talking about the whole like Cruella Deville movie. Yeah. Like yeah. why can't a character just be evil? Yeah, why can't uh, it just be evil for the sake of being evil? Like I, 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 don't make me don't give me a sympathetic villain. Just give me someone who's evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, don't make me like them. I don't want a reason why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's just enough. I mean, 
just leaving that that way. So so let's say that, and I don't really know the whole thing about Cruella, but obviously if someone's like being mean to her, so then she turns the table. She's like, I'm not going to let anyone be mean to me ever again. But then that still makes some kind of sympathetic villain. It's like, oh, well, she's doing this to protect herself or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to like 101 Dalmatians, like, okay, so it's okay for her to to kill these dogs? Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Um, so it's like, yeah, she wants to kill the dogs to make a, to make a jacket and, and, but it's not, it's not because she really hates dogs because someone's really mean to her growing up. Like, what? No. Right, right. No. Instead of just being a, a dog murdering prick. Right. Like, I don't give a shit about dogs. Or any kind of animal. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big reason why I wish they'd made the Joaquin Phoenix Joker not the Joker. Because I don't think the Joker needs a reason for being the way he is. Like, the, the Joaquin Phoenix thing should have been just, like, Creepo the fuckboy, the man who loved clowns, and just let it been let it have been that. Because the Joker should not have an origin story, I don't think. Yeah, one of the great things about the Joker is every time he tells a story, is he tells it differently. Yeah, yeah. And I love, I mean, I love that, because, like, I'm never going to tell you, like, why I am the way I am, because it doesn't matter. Um, like, even, even when I told you the truth, truth and you feel sorry for me, guess what? I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, the the Joker just needs to exist as the antithesis of Batman. Uh, they, uh, I know you've, it's been a while since you watched Batman animated series, mm-hmm. but one of the great episodes in that one is the one where Harley Quinn takes like one of his ideas and makes it work, and then tells him why it works and stuff. And he's like, you know, if you have to explain that they don't send somebody, then it, it, it didn't work. But then his whole the whole reason he's mad is because she. Kidnapped Batman and did everything, right, right, and you know, and he's then he couldn't, and and that's that's such a great episode because everything you think of you know about him, it's true, but then at the same time though he's still just a vain prick, right, right, right yeah. Um, was it the was it Harley Quinn the the Harley Quinn show where um Riddler unmasked Batman and Joker got mad at him for it? Hmm. Because the art style, like, I've, I've only seen screenshots of yes. that. But yeah, I mean, like, the art style looked like it. But yeah, like, so Riddler unmasks him, and he's like, no! The mystery is one of the reasons why I love this! <laughs> like, I can't know who he is, you've ruined everything! And then he, like, turns on Bruce, and he's like, I I backed your e-car, Bruce! Where's my goddamn e-car, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> that Harley Quinn show is so great. Oh yeah, I really like it. I love Clayface. He's Clay awesome. the best. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> yeah, the the episode with Riddler U is such a good episode. Oh yeah, that is that's really really good. <laughs> I just love that he's not even trying to sound like a girl. He's just he just sounds like a dude doing the gay voice. I think Chad likes me. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. I, I I'd be glad when that comes back. And you know, the the final episode too. Is really good, and I feel so bad for Kite Man, because he's he's such a horrible like villain. I mean, he's not a good villain at all, and but he's he's a decent guy and all that. <laughs> but Doctor Psycho, this Doctor Psycho is just because you know he he gets in trouble, he, he gets his his rating dropped because <laughs> of that, because he says the bad word. Yeah, and then and then like it doesn't get any better for him. <laughs> Spectacular. Oh, so we are just coming out an hour. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's another one of our kind of like um, uh, non-themed podcast episodes. Uh, we're kind of so almost feel like we're more rambling than anything else. Oh, son of a bitch. I cut my tongue the other day on a goddamn Jolly Rancher. <laughs> now, when it comes to Jolly Ranchers, it's to be expected if you are... If you are eating a Jolly Rancher stick, which I don't even know if they even make Jolly Rancher sticks anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Which those used to be the shit when I was in school. When I was in like like a middle school and uh, elementary school, man, Jolly Rancher stick, that was it, man. Even if you had one of the small ones, not the long ones. Yeah. Right? I never had it in stick form. Really? They always just sold them in the little capsules, little Tootsie Roll form when I was a kid. Well, I cut my tongue on one of the little Tootsie Roll form ones. Because <laughs> because the way they're made, they're not like an even rectangle. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of slightly, they're misshapen. And this one was misshapen to the point where it had like a slight little like divot in it. <laughs> yep. And as, you know, as it was dissolving, that divot ended up like just 
making a nice little sharp edge curve. <laughs> and I was, and it was in the tip of my tongue and I went to like kind of roll it back over my mouth and it just hit the edge of my tongue and just Ugh. cut. And I was like, son of a bitch. Ugh. And I was like, ah, and I was like, so then of course I did what everybody does whenever you cut your mouth on like a Jolly Rancher or a piece of thing. I then took the candy and then put it flat against the cut part to let the sugar heal the wound because that somehow makes sense. Even in my older adult brain, that somehow makes sense. So now, like, just, just like, part of my tongue has diabetes. Because I, I just applied direct sugar to an open wound. That is how you get diabetes. It's like a vampire bite. Exactly. So when you get sugar in your bloodstream, you get diabetes. Ah, oh. stupid. But I, but I did not think that could happen with those. I'm like, I thought that was one of the reasons why they made them. That's yeah. why they don't allow like Jolly Rancher sticks in prison. And be like, those, <laughs> they're disposable ships. You never know. It's like, well, we can tell it was a Jolly Rancher because of all like the sugar glaze around the opening <laughs> of the wound there. But, but we don't know who it was that that, that, that did it. Well, we don't know where it went. <laughs> and the thing is, you could even just leave it in the wound, just break it off inside, just going to dissolve and. <laughs> That, that's how that's how you really hurt somebody is if you don't break it off in there to let the candy sit there against the open wound to, yep, like, to yep. do the healing properties. I'm like no, if you stab him, then take it back out. And it's like I was like, oh shit, this guy means business. This he wasn't trying to send me a message. He's really trying to kill me. Oh man, uh, this this has been fun. I, I like doing these every once in a while. So uh, be- before we end this episode, I do want to say that I told you that when next time we did a podcast, I was going to put this uh, this movie on the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because we are watching uh, Alan Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold, which we already met that's uh, Henry Silva in it playing some kind of like Aztec like priest or whatever, yep, which yep. is just bizarre looking at this Italian Henry Silva, who we're so used to seeing as mob as uh, in as a mobster in these like movies and stuff. He was even in a Steven Seagal movie. Oh, nice. Um, it's one of those like. Out for justice, out for a kill, kill for justice, hard kill justice, whatever one of those shitty ass cigars. I'm just a cook. So <laughs> it, it doesn't, it, whatever one, and he's in that. And of course, I mentioned that Ghost Dogway, Sam Ryan's been in a bunch yeah, of other yeah. things. But two reasons that I wanted you to see this movie is one, um, it was, well, like I said, Sharon Stone you saw, yep. um, before she became the bitchy ass Sharon Stone. Um, <laughs> we've got James Earl Jones Wait, that there. Was, that was Sharon Stone with the, with the breastplate? Uh, no, the, the blonde that's been running around with him oh, the yeah. whole time. Oh, yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way. Okay, yeah, that I thought was Sharon Stone. Yeah, yeah. she's she looks great here. Yeah, yeah. She, early Sharon Stone was great. Um, um, and then we've got James Earl Jones there, so, yeah. uh, you know, Darth Vader himself. Mufasa. <laughs> with, with his big fake axe and all that, which is just uh, <laughs> fantastic. But the other person I wanted you to see... Was the uh, the other I guess princess or whatever? You yeah. got the one, the blonde, who's cute. Then you had the other one with the kind of reddish or brownish curly hair, mm-hmm. which I've been waiting for them to show again. Be but they haven't yet. Yeah, she's been out of the scene for a long time. Um, but the reason I want you to see her is that that is Cassandra Peterson. Oh, who of course you know from Pee Wee's Big Adventure when she's like, yep. "I say you let me have him first. Yeah, <laughs> but is more widely known as Tommy Pickles. No, no, that was a different one. Shit. Um, help me out here. My heart's on fire for... Elvira. Yeah. Mistress of the Dark. Yeah, okay. It's so it's so rare to see her not as Elvira. Yeah. But yeah, that's her. That's that's her. She looks plenty hot without being Elvira. Yeah, she does. Dude, dude. If you, do, if you Google... I, I hate to put this out there for people that are listening, but like, I'm going to Google this. But if you Google like, uh, like Cassandra Peterson... Um, Nudes, you'll <laughs> you'll find some some stuff. They'd be like, "Oh man, it's like what's that line?" Um, uh, that uh, Bill Paxton says, uh, "Say she had a pair of titties on her that makes you want to scream for buttermilk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in a true lies, I believe. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so yeah, she she is uh, good stuff. Yeah, she's. I mean, last time I saw her. You know, and she's, you know, got some age on her, but she's still a pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like Jennifer Aniston. She's one of those people who, like, still looks good with age. And if I'm not mistaken, and I I think this is the case, which is that guy right there, this, the blonde guy here that's a part of this whole, like, weird-ass, like, United Colors of Benetton cult that they're, that they're <laughs> with here. 
that's Richard Chamberlain's like um, longtime boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> so. Gay! <laughs> 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 See everybody. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make it. I was like, I had dose. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I, I got nothing. I got yours. Did I effectively kill the podcast? I was, I was gonna say. I think he's like he's been in like a lot of his movies. Just kind of cast him. I guess so. They were like you know on set together or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, but now you just uh, yeah. <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> anyway, I've been a Comey, everybody. Yes, and uh, my name is Turk182, and I should have known when you started, like, humming Anarchy in the UK. <laughs> I am an antichrist, and I am an anarchist. I know what I want, and I know how to get it. I want to destroy... Because I am a call me <laughs> from, from the hit song of Comey in the UK. There you go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> I hurt my throat. <laughs>